Alright, so today we're going to be talking about some old blues men. It can be cool to look back on a fundamental early rock and roll recording when rhythm and blues was known as race records. And it can be cool to listen to some of the highly influ influential blues musicians like Lightning Hopkins. I don't know if Lightning Hopkins has a box set like the complete recordings sort of thing that you often find, but he sure has a lot of album compilations, and actually even a surprising amount of films about him are available out there. If you accept Greatest Hits compilations as an option, which most people do, but I know some people who don't like Greatest Hits, but you, you might want to check out Blues Masters, the very best of Lightning Hopkins. I guess it was released in 2000 by Rhino Records. And another option might be Lightning Hopkins with his brothers Joel and John Henry with Barbara Dane. And I, I guess that was recorded in 1964 and released in 1966. So that record, it, it could be fun because you get, you get a sense of, you know, how we played music with his, with members of his own family. And, of course, you can check out uh, YouTube videos with Lightning Hopkins. Uh, got plenty of cool songs. It's really hard to describe them, but he just sounds very naturalistic. I'll just put it that way. It's, it's one of those things where, you know, with a great musician, it almost sounds like the song always existed, and they just somehow came along and the song was almost channeled through them in some way. Well, that's a little bit how I see Lightning Hopkins. Hopkins influenced people like Towns Van Zant and Stevie Ray Vaughan. And uh, as, as Wikipedia notes, uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan's Grammy-winning song, Rude Mood, was directly inspired by the Texan song, Hopkins Skyhop. And uh, in 2010, Rolling Stone magazine ranked Lightning Hopkins number 71 on its list of the 100 greatest guitarists of all time. So obviously, you might not really care that much about either Rolling Stone or these lists of, you know, musicians being ranked and all that, but... For some reason, I enjoy that kind of stuff anyway. You know, I know it's kind of dumb. I think Frank Zappa called that a stupid hobby, <laughs> you know, in his classic style. But it, it can be fun. Um, anyway, uh, for a few other interesting facts about Lightning Hopkins, apparently his Gibson J160E hollow box guitar is on display at the Rock Hall of Fame in Cleveland, and his Guild Starfires at the National Museum of African American History and Culture in Washington, D.C. So, you know, his his influence is obviously great. And I, I won't exaggerate my fandom of blues music or even blues musicians because I didn't quite grow up listening to straight-up blues music as my primary genre of choice when I was younger. But I definitely came to appreciate the blues, partly through the gateway of Jimi Hendrix. And oddly enough, 
for whatever reason, I didn't really start listening to Jimi Hendrix that much until sometime around either late high school or my early college years. I don't know. It's it's weird. Like, I was a late bloomer. I, I guess it's partly because I grew up in a small town, didn't really have as many musical influences as a youngster as some people might have, but yada, yada, yada. And uh, I, I can say that I'm a great admirer, admirer of how people like Hopkins and Robert Johnson became iconic, and not just through the image they happened to give off, but through their music itself. And of course, possibly due to the racism of the time, Johnson actually has various grave sites, Robert Johnson that is, and apparently no one knows where he's truly buried. And, you know, little things like that add to the mystique. Obviously, then you have the, as, as far as Robert Johnson goes, you have the iconic supposed deal with the devil uh, at the crossroads, which, you know, as legend has it, gave him his prowess as a uh, master guitarist and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, there's there's a whole episode of the Netflix show called Remastered that is about that whole myth. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's kind of fun in a way, but it's also important to remember that Robert Johnson was actually a human being, you know, uh, not just not just a mythical figure. But anyway, I, going back to Lightning Hopkins, I think I think he also pairs well with Lead Belly. And you might listen to Lead Belly's Smithsonian Folkways collection, uh, which which is pretty solid. Like if you're gonna have like a blues extravaganza, you might want to pair these three together, just as an option. And uh, well, if I remember correctly, though, some of the uh, recordings on the Lead Belly Smithsonian Folkways collection are a little bit rougher than some of the other recordings of the same songs. So I'm not sure what that's about, but I know you can find plenty of Lead Belly songs on YouTube. And oddly enough, there are actually two videos that feature Lead Belly. Um, very rare. And it's, it's really one of the good things about YouTube. And I'm not the type to normally you know, praise YouTube because these days it kind of sucks more than it did in the past. Um, but the, the fact that you can find these rare videos like uh, of people like Lead Belly performing, I think it's kind of valuable, you know. I really hope that things like that don't get totally lost. Um, but anyway, uh, definitely get into the blues a bit yourself. It's a, it's a really good genre. I mean, if you only listen to rock, pop, or metal, or rap, or country, I think you're really missing out on some good stuff. And just like punk rock, when people say, especially like metalheads, they say, oh, the music is too simple, or whatever. Uh, think of Yngwie Malmsteen types, or whatever. I would say not only are they downplaying some of the fiercer, spicier moments, which can especially come out in live performances, but they're sort of missing the more decidedly 
non-technical nuances of the genre. And blues can actually be difficult to duplicate, not because it's always complex, but because if it's done right, it sounds naturalistic. It might sound unique to the artist. And that's that's really something you can pick up if you have like a nuanced approach to listening to music. If you can detect these differences, if you're willing to do deep dives and understand that, um, you know, Robert Johnson sounds different from uh, Lead Belly. And, you know, all these all these people sound different. Lead Belly sounds different from Sun House. I, th I think that's that guy's name. <laughs> I'm, I'm just kind of riffing on that one. But anyway, um, blues can be difficult to duplicate. That's my point here. Plus, let's be honest, blues music is also simply one of the most influential genres. You know, it's obviously had a big impact on rock. Uh, country music obviously has elements of blues. Um, jazz has blues components to it. Metal, practically everything. Like uh, punk rock, I mentioned that earlier. Obviously, that does have frequently some uh, blues style playing. Probably more often than metal, to tell you the truth. And it's it's really more versatile than it's given credit for. I know I know I've seen plenty of uh, people j just break it down and say, "Well, the blues isn't really more complex than this or complex than that." But it's it's one of those things where you can really complicate it as much as you want. If you're a blues musician, you can throw all kinds of stuff into it. Especially during live performances, you know, if you've got like a freewheeling approach to playing, I think I think you can make mutations of it. And uh, once I managed to mention punk rock before, I will dare say similar things about that broad genre too. I mean, look at how many um, subgenres that punk rock has. You know, I would say that the Ramones sound different from the Sex Pistols, and Sex Pistols are not the Dead Kennedys, and yada, yada, yada. One good thing about all those blues recordings is that they're saved for posterity. So long as there's still some people around, younger generations at least have a chance to gain exposure to the recorded legacy of, you know, all, all of those great musicians. Anyways, some very basic uh, biographical information on Lightning Hopkins. He was born in Centerville, Texas on March 15th, 1912, and he died on January 30th, 1982 at the age of 69. So, you know, um, that's, really, that's really the extent of the biogra biography I've got here. This is when he lived. This is when he died. Um, but anyway, you know, obviously you can look up these details yourself. I just wanted to give a few thoughts on blues and how I connected to it over the years and how musicians like Lighten Hopkins and Lead Belly have moderately influenced me. And um, yeah, I, I 
I don't think I have much more to say about it. So uh, have a good day.